Police have dropped charges against a teen who was arrested for walking in a Plano street during last week's winter weather. The entire encounter was caught on camera. The high school student believes he was arrested because he's black, but Plano's chief of police believes his officers' actions were not racially motivated. Box 4's David Centendry has the details. David. Natalie, the 18-year-old says video of George Floyd and other black men killed or hurt by police officers makes him feel uneasy around law enforcement. Plano's chief of police tells me he's dropping the charge because it does not fit what officers were initially called out to investigate. Hey, man. Whoop. You trying to get home? Are you trying to get home? 18-year-old Rodney Reese was stopped by Plano police officers while walking home from work at Walmart during the Texas freeze last Tuesday night. Police say someone called, concerned, that a black male wearing a short-sleeved shirt was stumbling along the icy conditions. It was a welfare check. Reese lives with his mom just a few blocks away, right down the street from where he works. He repeatedly told officers he was fine. Sir, look, we just want to talk to you. All right? I'm on the way home. I'm straight. Okay. Okay, but you're walking in the middle of the road. All right. I understand that. I do this every night, literally. I'm straight. Okay. You ain't cold or nothing? No. With that cheese shirt on? Officers continued to follow him, however, for two minutes and 17 seconds. We're doing an investigation. I don't care. I'm going home. You were officially detained. No. Yes. Sir. Yes, you are. Sir. Before handcuffs were placed around his wrist. Just relax. Just relax, all right? Just relax. We're just trying to talk but to I you. Got an I got an anger problem. Please get off me. Y'all not going to, y'all not, no. Stop. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to touch. Yeah, you didn't stop. Put your hands behind your back now. You are not free to go. Wow. The next thing you do is going to be get a charge right now. So because you're pushing on an officer. I'm not pushing. How am I pushing on Reese was arrested for walking in the street. The official charge, pedestrian in the roadway. The high school student spent the night in jail. They just treated me like I was a criminal or something. The teen says he was walking along the street because the area off to the side of it, seen in this photo taken the next day, was covered in ice and snow. He says he kept walking away because he didn't need help. Just a simple encounter. A simple encounter. That's why I tried to dodge you. So I could make it home. I don't know. Friends and loved ones say he's just a good kid with a clean record who was scared. I know the kid's character. I know the kid's demeanor. Plano Police Chief Ed Drain backs his officers for checking on Reese. There's a lot of information that we know about this case that we didn't know at the time. Those officers did not know his age. They didn't know he was 18. They didn't know he worked at Walmart. They didn't know where he lived. First of all, you were in the roadway, which is a safety hazard, and you're not supposed to be in the roadway. Still, he says the arrest wasn't consistent with the reason officers went out there, a welfare check. He says the 18-year-old was difficult to cooperate with, but that he has a right to not cooperate. He's dropping the charge. They should have taken him home is where he should have gone. The police department will determine if an internal investigation is warranted. Chief Drain doesn't believe race was a factor in the arrest. But I can't get inside people's hearts. I can't get inside people's heads. As for Reese. Just because I'm black, that's it. Just because I'm black, I fit a description. I don't even think the call would happen, honestly. We just trying to figure out where you're going. Home, I just said it. He believes it's the only reason. Relax this arm. Relax your arms, okay? Relax your arms. 
The police chief says Reese resisted arrest, but the department did not file that charge. If you'd like to see how this played out frame by frame, we have posted a link to the entire video over on our website. That's fox4news.com. Hey, we want to welcome everybody to another episode of You and the Law podcast show. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show, Virgil Green, and uh, my co-host, who's got on a, man, he's got on a swag hat tonight, goes by the name of Chief Swaggy One. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, Virgil? How you doing, man? And I'm doing good, man. Uh, hey, I want to, uh, you know, Keith, we're coming off of a, a great month of March, uh, where we uh, had many guests on for Women's History Month. And just want to remind those who are tuning in or who may be listening to the rebroadcast of this podcast show to go and check out those episodes, those four uh, episodes of uh, some great women, uh, women uh, leaders in policing. Uh, you can find those podcast shows on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, wherever you listen to and uh to your favorite podcast platform you can find those four uh amazing uh podcast shows with uh with those guests we had on last month key yeah man we are we're getting a lot of track we're looking at a lot of traction man i want to thank the listeners the those who have stuck by us over this uh last year or so and then those new uh listeners that have been joining us we um you know that's the main thing we hope we're providing uh, a podcast that um, provides a lot of the variety for, for so many uh, people. So um, we hope you're learning something. We like to have fun, but at the same time, there are times when we're very serious. And, and this is one of those, uh, those one times. Of those yeah. You know, Virgil, we, we talked about this and, you know, we, we kick it around and, and this is something that we're seeing more and more that we believe that there are individuals uh, citizens uh, who are not sure what to do, you know, when they're free to go, when they're not free to go, what's reasonable suspicions, what's probable cause, what's officer discretion, when am I when am I being detained, when am I not being detained, when can I leave? So, you know, I hope we answer a lot of questions, um, you know, tonight uh, regarding, yeah. and I'm very familiar with the case, you just, the video you just, uh, you know, just showed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Keith, we talked about that. You know, yeah. that video is probably what over a year old, maybe going on two years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's going on two, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and, and we talked about. We didn't show the video, but we talked about the uh, the encounter that young man had with the Plano police officers, and I know you know the uh, police chief there. Um, you, you know, and Keith, the, you know. This is a topic that, you know, when I was talking to you about it, I've seen so many TikTok videos, YouTube videos where police officers are escalating situations. Uh, you don't really see a lot of the training that uh, has been provided to officers being used. And, and we have people who are simply walking down the street, uh, having committed a crime, uh, but you see officers use certain language that puts them in the position to say you are resisting arrest or you have to identify yourself to me. And Keith, and I think that is the biggest thing is that 
uh, and with tonight's topic being stop and identify unlawful or lawful detention, when an officer says you have to identify yourself and you have so many people who are saying, why do I need to identify myself to you? Because I haven't committed a crime. Yeah. So, you know, we, we don't uh, claim to be able to discuss every state's legal uh, systems or penal codes or statutes, as some may know it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's pretty simple that, you know, an officer does can go up and say hello to you. We see that. That's part of community policing. That's part of 21st century policing. We see that uh, and we have seen that on numerous uh, occasions on the videos of TikTok or Facebook. We've seen that. We've seen officers engage the community. But I think the, the biggest question is what happens when an officer engages you, you're not sure what's going on, and they tell you that you have to provide an identification, you're detained, you can't, you're not free to go. And, you know, we see that that's very confusing because, you know, there have been officers that don't know the law and your average citizen's not aware of what their rights are. You know, can I go? Because sometimes we're telling two different stories. We're telling individuals to comply with law enforcement uh, don't uh, make don't have uh, court on the side of the road, and then there are those times when you know they hear that well you don't have to you can just go, so it's very confusing when people are hearing two different stories, and um, so you know we hope tonight we you know can kind of give some guidance on some things, yeah. but I always tell citizens if it gets to the point that it's escalating. Uh, the side of the road or that's that location where this incident is occurring is not the place you want to have court and comply and, and follow the rules of the officers and then handle it later. Uh, there's ways to handle that, but right then and there, don't escalate it. Uh, no matter how upset you are, no matter how you think that your rights may be violated, just, comply and it makes it a lot easier it makes it a lot and then let's deal with it with it later as a matter of fact there there are a lot of statutes that say a person does not have the right to resist no matter even if they are under placed under arrest and they think they shouldn't be uh, you don't have a right to resist uh, whether you agree with that or not that that's that's the law yeah well, well Keith and you know I want to just add this uh to our conversation is that, you know, you and I, you know, being police uh, executives, we're not attorneys. So I don't no. want anybody to feel no, like no. we're giving out some legal advice. I think, you know, our conversation about this topic surrounds our uh, role as being in an, an executive leadership within police departments, uh, understanding what, you know, reasonable suspicion is, what, you know, probable cause is. And uh, a lot of times, Keith, and you made this uh, comment a few minutes ago, is that even some officers think they know the law, but they really don't. Yeah. And and then they they escalate a situation. And, and let's just kind of go back to the video that we uh, that I played on the opening of the show. And for those who are just now tuning in, played a video from an incident that uh, young eighteen year old. Uh, uh, black teenager who was walking home from work real on a snowy night in 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 uh in a suburb of Dallas and um 
you know, I guess somebody had called in Keith and said he looked at, you know, suspicious or he looked at, you know, here he is walking in the cold with a T-shirt on, carrying a bag, and automatically, you know, the officers made contact with him. He basically told him, hey, he was fine. He didn't need any help. He was walking home. And I'm going to say this, Keith. I think, you know, at that point, if, if no matter, and, and, you know, I heard the chief say nobody knew he was 18 years old. Nobody knew he worked at Walmart. I, I, I'm going to step out and I'm going to say, to me, that doesn't make any difference. If, if a person is walking, they're not, you don't see that they're under the influence of something or appears to be. And if they articulate and tell you, hey, I'm fine, I'm walking home. And you may say, well, hey, sir, do you, you might, you know, we can give you a ride home. If that male or female says, no, I'm good, I'll walk home, okay, let them go. Yeah. But we continue to see officers time and time again ratch things up and become more aggressive instead of just saying, okay, we well, have a good night. Well, you know what, Virgil, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I, I strongly believe there was no race involved in that incident. I, I do not think there was anything racial, uh, racially motivated. I really believe that they were trying to do a welfare check. I think what happened is sometimes we, we you know, in the academies, officers are trained, you know, once you get there, um, you know, be very careful by allowing someone to just leave because they, what if they just committed an offense? What if, what if later on you find out there had been a burglary? Okay, that happens every day. I think that they were afraid that if they would allow that gentleman to leave, and what happens if he, um, you know, was was became um, something happened because of the the heat, he became um, he became injured, he got trapped, or I'm I'm, I'm lost word right now what the actual term. Well, is. Well, you know, I think you know, as cold but, as it was, he was walking with you know. Yes, a yes, problem. absolutely. You know, maybe, I do believe. Yeah, you know, I do believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do believe that they were concerned about that. But at the end of the day, there's that man has a right to walk in the cold if he wants to, even if they yeah. are doing a welfare check, even if they believe it's not a good idea, if that's what he wants to do. You had it on you had it on uh, video, you had it recorded that you were trying to do a welfare check, that this gentleman said, I don't want to ride. No one's gonna blame you if you don't force him into the car. Yeah. He, and so it was captured on video. You, you have your uh, defense, if something were to happen, that we offered him a ride. He said he didn't want to. We made sure he was okay. And we left. That's that's the way that situation. I think they tried to do too much. And okay. I think it came down to if we allow this man to leave and something happens to him, we're going to be held accountable. We're going to be sued. I think that may have played a role in it also. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it did, but race to me didn't, didn't play a part in it. I think it was just trying to do too much to ensure that there was no liability on their part. Yeah, well, Keith, and you know, I you know, I know you you don't believe race played a role in it. Not, you know? at, all. Not uh, at all. I, I, you know, to that young man and his family, I, I think they uh, feel you know other they they feel different. They feel that if this was a white kid walking down the street at that time of the night would he have been stopped by an officer would he have been later eventually arrested 
Yeah. Uh, you, you have to, you know, Keith, and I always say this, you know, I put myself in that person's world and, and look at it from a perspective because, you know, the officers were clearly, they were not going to let him ignore them. And, right. and, and, and so that's why I say, I, you know, um, at sometimes, you know, you don't want to believe race played a role in it. Yeah. But it sometimes you you kind of you kind of yeah, have no, to have that. No, Virgil, I, I don't think you can even. But not what I can tell you. I think that what what happened is because of what's going on over the last ten years or so. I think that a lot of thing is racially charged. I believe that. You know, the parents have that right. That young man have that right. You know, the way that what they've heard about law enforcement and, or, or observed from law enforcement. And you have to understand, Plano was right next to McKinney, where a few years ago you had an officer body slam a little girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you have to. I totally get it. I'm, I'm not going to say yeah. that those parents don't have a right. That young man doesn't have a right to think that. I'm saying from my professional view. That I don't believe. I believe that they were going out there on a welfare check. I think they would have done the same thing, you know, if it had been anyone. Else. I just think that based on everything that's going on nationally, I think that that's why, um, you know, that that does that does send messages or that does send a feeling or a perception that is racial. You know, we you and I'll call it if, if it is. It is. We don't we don't have a problem. But in this situation, I've got to agree with 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 Ed in this situation. I don't think it was. I just think it was bad judgment and trying to over police and trying to, you know, we, we just can't let you go. We got to do something. So and, and it does come to that. Now, if you want to ask um, what would it have been treated differently because of that situation? You got to understand the, the demographics of Plano and the socioeconomics out of Plano, a very affluent area. And um uh, but you're starting to see there's starting to be an increase in the number of African-American, Hispanics yeah. uh, and other ethnic groups moving in. Um, don't know the makeup of that neighborhood. Don't know. Uh, but I will tell you, I do believe it was, a, it was a welfare check. And I do believe that it got out of control because the officers did not know how to disengage. Yeah. Well, Keith, and I'll say this, and I think, you know, you just made reference to the uh, how that suburb city has seen most likely an increase in minority uh, people moving into that suburb city of Dallas. And the fact that, you know, uh, this, this is where, you know, I go back and I say, officers, you know, the leadership, some leadership do uh, send that message out and, and really uh, try to implement uh, community policing and making sure that their officers know the people in their communities. And and this is the one thing that kind of got me, Keith. This wasn't the first time that this young man had been walking from Walmart to, to home. And the Walmart is not that far. The Walmart he works at is not that far from where he lives at. Yeah. And so, you know, just so happened on this night, and unusually, it was snowing in Dallas in that in Dallas, uh, and had been for several days. And uh, but on any other night, nobody had ever called in, said, "Hey, here's this young man walking down the street." No officer had 
patrolling that area, had stopped him. And again, Keith, and, and I think, you know, listening to him as an 18-year-old who has maybe his first encounter with a police officer right. turned out to be a very traumatic, bad experience. That is something that he's never going to forget. And, I, and, and I think that's where, how do we uh, make sure that those things don't happen to our young black men and our young black women? Well, I get, I, I, I get it, but there's a little bit more to, to the story is that they had received a, numerous calls about this young man and it was a welfare check. Uh, there had been basically in, in talking to the chief, they didn't know people were calling in. They didn't know if his car was broken down. They didn't know if he was lost. They didn't know if he was disoriented. And so they were, they were, they got calls on a welfare check. On mm-hmm. I get yeah. it. And so that, that, that's not really anything that's, that's unusual, especially during, you know, when you've got sub sub freezing weather, uh, I, I can oh, yeah, see that. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah, people will, will be concerned about you. People will yeah. be concerned. I think that was a yeah. that was an honest concern from citizens who were passing by. Yeah, because I I never heard anything regarding any type of criminal activity. People thought he was a criminal. It was the fact that he was walking uh, with a t shirt on mm-hmm. uh, in sub freezing weather, um, icy and snowy, and he was walking. People wanted his point. They called to check on his welfare. Yeah. And I get what the officers did. They wanted to make sure it was okay. But once he told them they were he was okay. That should have been the end. That should have been the end of it. Yeah, there was no reason to get his identification or anything like that. That should have been yeah. the end of it. Yeah. But but I don't that was they 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 did have a right to respond. You you do have to respond to welfare checks. I get it. Uh people freeze. Uh people slip on ice and get hurt. People do. People get disoriented yeah. walking around. Is it normal for a person to walk around in a T-shirt uh, and uh, a pair of jeans or short, whatever? Um, is that is that normal? Well, it depends. Depends on well, that individual. It, it depends on that individual because depends he, on that individual. Uh, it, it, do we have a right to check on that person's welfare? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do we have a right to hold that person there until we find out what's going on? Now, once that person tells us it's okay, you find out this person is injured, you find out this person's not intoxicated, I think we have an obligation. If that person doesn't want to provide his information, I think we have an obligation to say, okay, sir, we're just checking on you. We're gone. Everything's on video. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got to know when to release. Uh, we've got to know when to back off. We've got to yeah. know when to disengage. And I think that's what this story story's about. we got to know when to disengage. You yeah. know, people... We can't just go around detaining people just because we, you know, you know, we're trying to do a welfare check on somebody that doesn't give us a right to detain them. Right. Um, you know, and when you detain someone, you're basically saying you're not free to go. Yeah, that's what well, it's in. Well, and, and and you know, Keith, and that's that's you know a part of the conversation tonight with on on our topic is stop and identify. You know. Yeah. There, there are some states, and, and I'm going to show a map of, of some states that uh, that have um, uh, statutes in place or laws in place that says that uh, to some uh, level, you do have to, when an officer stops you, you do have to identify yourself. Uh, but there, there, that's only with some type of reasonable suspicions or that maybe a crime has committed or about to be committed. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think he, you know, 
and I want to go back to something you said when we, you know, started the podcast show is that, you know, I hope this is very informative to those who are listening to the show and who will listen to the rebroadcast of this show, who will ask questions. And I think, you know, and Keith, and I'll say this, I don't think we do a good job of really having these conversations with our communities, whether it's with our faith-based, uh, you know, uh, groups with parents in, in settings to un where they can understand if these things happen, because Keith, you got to look at this, man, there are so many people who are terrified of police. And, and I'm, let me, and I'm going to say this. I, there was a video I was watching out of uh, Virginia uh, in the Pennsylvania area where uh, deputies went on this guy's property Keith. And uh, they had found some marijuana growing on another property. They went on this, uh, on, and these were a black family. They had two homes on this property. Uh, they got to questioning them about, you know, the, this marijuana that they had found. And the, the lady, an older black lady said, you know, you kind of scared me. And this police officer said, sounded like that's just stupid. Why would I scare you? Why, you know, why are you making that uh, allegation? And I have to say this, Keith, and this goes to white House. You got to understand that there are young people, middle-aged people, older black people. Well, wait, Virgil, wait a minute. Police. Virgil, wait a minute now. You, we just back up. Say that goes to all officers because you have well, people in, but in that situation, I think we have to be careful. Um, I, I know you call, we can call it like it is at times, but I think it needs to be um, all police because you do have people. In this situation, this happened to be an elderly African-American couple and white sheriff's deputies. And yeah. so I think let's, let's preface that. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, preface yeah, that. You're right. And, and, and again, Keith, and I think that's where officers don't understand how people – that look like you and me feel about the police, just like the young man uh, in Plano, how he felt about what he had seen happen to other black people. It, it, I, you know, and that's not something you can train officers on, Keith. Well, Virgil, we don't, I don't think in the profession, we do a really good job of, of uh, educating our community what procedural justice is. And a lot of people, I've said this before, yeah. a lot of citizens don't really know what their rights are. Um, yeah. A lot of citizens don't, uh, they don't come encounter, they don't, they don't have any reason to come encounter with any uh, an attorney or police. So they don't have a reason to, to, some people just don't do anything bad. They, they obey the law. There's a strong probability they'll never encounter law enforcement. Because only a small percentage of the community ever encounters law enforcement. Yeah. But you have individuals that don't know. And that's why it's important to sit down. And when, when I was in Little Rock, we had a, a, a series of community meetings called Courageous Conversations with Law Enforcement. And as a chief, you, you got to be willing to sit there and you have oh, to yeah. be willing to listen. And there are some very, very, very angry people that come to those. Mm -hmm. But when you really sit down and, and listen and dissect what they're saying, all they're saying is we don't communicate effectively. We don't communicate effectively. Um, we don't, um, they don't know, we don't share with them what we're doing. And I always made it very clear that there are things we cannot share with the community. 
There are just some things. But when it comes to um, someone, you're at someone's house for a disturbance and someone comes out at a neighborhood and says, hey, officers, everything okay? It's not going to hurt you to say, yeah, we're here for a disturbance or, yeah, we're here. We got a call here about something suspicious, but everything's okay. Nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, that citizen's going to go back in the house. We don't do that. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. In a lot of cases, that's not done. In a lot of cases, people are told to shut up, go back in your house. This doesn't, this doesn't uh, concern you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you have that, just like in the situation you're talking about, I had an opportunity to watch that video. What just kind of clarified a little bit. Yeah. This gentleman owned two homes. There was an empty field in the area of his home. It was, there had uh, some marijuana plants had, had grown. Yeah. Um, don't know who that was. We see that a lot of times when there's mm-hmm. just marijuana plants sprouted up everywhere. We don't know who did it. We don't know whose it is. We don't know. Yeah. We, we, we don't know. And so that had nothing to do with that, with that call. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone said there were marijuana plants there. Okay. Simple. How do you handle that? Well, first of all, you look, you, you look at the location and you say, Hmm, there's there's a there's a possibility that that these people might have seen something. You go and you talk to these people. Hey, do you know anything about that? No, I really don't. It's been here. It's been here since I since we moved. So you don't know who could have planned. No. Okay. Well, y'all have a nice day. That yeah. that's simple as that. But you don't yeah. sit there and 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 tell these people. Well, I'm gonna. I I, I believe that you know something, or that's just not good enough. What's your name? Mm-hmm. Well, these people are in their, <laughs> on their private property. Yeah. They've told you they know nothing about it. Um, right. Why do you have to sit there and continue to try to get their name? Because what you, and they're telling you they're on their own property. And Virgil, we've talked about this before. That's why it's really important to have procedural justice. Because there are people who don't know, citizens believe that you have, you don't, you know, you're on your own property. I don't have to share. We don't do a good job of telling, explaining to people when they do have to share, when they are required to share information, even if they're on their own property, even if they're in their home. That we don't do a good job of explaining that. And that was a situation where there was no reason to detain those people. There was no reason to further have a discussion with those individuals about the marijuana. And if you want to sit there and have a conversation and just kind of get to know those people, that's fine. See, the thing about it is having a conversation with somebody, sometimes you sit and you talk, you might get enough information. If nothing else, maybe for a warrant at a later date, maybe for just enough to say, okay, I'm going to watch this house. We don't want to let things go. We don't want to keep release. You know, we don't want to escalate because we think that we're going to lose that case. And unfortunately, that just happens sometimes. Do you know how many people drive along the streets that have committed crimes that we never stop? A lot. When we start talking about, well, you know, we got to stop this. We got to stop this car because they may have, you know, what happens if they just kill somebody or something? Well, that's the that's the possibility that of of anybody driving yeah. down. The street. We don't know what they've done, and we mm-hmm. can't stop everybody. So right. we we got to learn that sometimes we just can't do stuff. Sometimes yeah. they're just things we we're not going to be able to do anything. Correct. We just, yeah. We're just not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Well, hey Keith, I want to uh, play a, another uh, short uh, video before we get to a comment in the chat room. Um, and, and this video is as out of. Uh, 
is out of uh, Minnesota. Put some hands on me like here. What? You're walking down the middle I'm of the street. I'm over here. Put your hands over here. What really raises a concern is that he won't let go. And I think the bigger question that he's asking is that, why am I being stopped? Maybe you could just help him know where the right place to walk is. Ma'am, could you please step on? I think what people don't understand about young black men being stopped, they are already on heightened alert and awareness. Hundreds of thousands of views at this point. Mm -hmm. Is that surprising to you? No, not at all. Uh, I think there is a heightened awareness around police conduct. I think that police officers should know if you stop a black person, male or female, then perhaps you should go the extra distance, the extra mile. What's the extra mile? Just have a civil conversation. Be civil. You said that word a while ago, Keith. Just have a simple conversation. Procedural justice. Yeah. And, and, and again, just like the, the young man said in the, in the uh, video clip, black men and black women are on a heightened level when it comes to how they interact with police officers. And a lot of people will dismiss that and say, oh, you're just making a big deal about it. We haven't done anything to you. We're just concerned about you. How do you go being from being concerned if somebody says, uh, hey, I'm fine. I'm walking home. You hear the lady in the in the background who is telling the officer, can't you just kind of help him, tell him where he needs to walk at and, and just let him go on about his business? And he and, and there is much more to the video, but he becomes uh pretty confrontational with, with the lady who was a white female, uh, she stopped because she feels she wants to make sure that this guy uh, is treated, you know, okay, that he's going to yeah. be safe. Yeah. And, and Keith, and I have to say this, man, every since, you know, that happened with, uh, you know, let's just go back to Michael Brown and then you have George Floyd. You have a lot of people who, who don't look like us, who, when they see a, a police officer stopping a black person, some people will stop and record and because they are fearful of what they have seen, how other black people are treated. And officers become very offended by that. Right. Well, I think we just, I go back to saying, man, in that situation, I've got to, you know, yeah, that, there's probable cause to stop that guy. Because that is a traffic violation. Absolutely. Is there a probable cause to write him a ticket? Absolutely. Is there a probable cause to arrest him? There, there is a there's probable cause. But but the fact of the matter is, does it is it that big a deal? Don't know a lot what's going on here. Don't know. Don't know mm -hmm. if there was an investigation going on. I don't know. Yeah. But you have an opportunity to say, hey, listen, you may not be aware of this. You may have done it a millions of times. But it is a violation of the law to walk down the middle of the street. If there's a sidewalk present, you have to walk on that sidewalk. So yeah. I just want to let you know that. And if they had, if there's no other part of an investigation, like this guy's being investigated for a burglary, or an assault or something, because like I said, we don't know what happened. But say, for instance, that's it. He's just walking down the street. 
talk to them. You know, now if 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 it becomes irate and and becomes physical, that I think that's a different story. Where yeah, I think it's time to go to jail. It might be time to use uh, the lowest amount of force to get them under control or whatever. But I think that you have to explain to him. I think if he would have said, "Hey, listen, I get it. You 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 you're scared. You're upset." But let me explain to you why I stopped you. If you just what? calm down, I'll explain to you why. I, and if you don't agree, then here's a number where you can call and make a complaint. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about allowing people to know, not allowing, but providing people with information. Pam's ask, it is, you know, Pam's got a good question here. She said it's the primary responsibility of police departments to inform citizens no, she said, is it, is it, is it yeah. or is it responsibility of the citizens to seek out? I think it's both. I, th- I think it's both. And she said, who's, and uh, if it is the primary responsibility of the citizens, who should they contact to get this information? Well, I think it's both. I think, I, I think the, you know, we go through the academy, we learn. It's, 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 you know, when people ask us what the law is, a lot of times, a lot of younger officers, they're not clear or they interpret the law the way that they feel they should. Well, uh, Keith, let me, uh, let me, yeah. well Keith. Let, me, let me say this. And, and so I think, but I think there are, you can, you, you should be able to call your, your police department and say, Hey, listen, I was stopped on a trap. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a perfect example. If I may just really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I had a, um, OU football players mom called once when I was in Norman to complain that she felt her son was being harassed because her son got a ticket for no license plate light. He was mm-hmm. driving a vehicle that did not have a license plate light. Now you and I know there's over many years, there's been um, a department of transportation regulations that cars must have license plate light. That's, that's the law. That's, that's federal law in order for a car to be op- be on the road at night, that's one of the parts, of, that's one of the working mechanic parts. <clears throat> I could, and the officer wrote him a ticket. I could have said, what the officer's doing his job, why are you upset? Yeah, they gotta have a light, yeah, they gotta have a light. So this was a this was a, a car, she said, well, we bought it, it did not have a license plate light. So I'm thinking, that's interesting. This is a car that's like three years old. Okay, I said, would you give me an opportunity to call the dealership to see uh, if those cars are manufactured, because manufactured, uh, they come from the assembly line with the license. She said, absolutely. Call the dealership. He said, they do. He said, but what we've been seeing is a lot of people modifying those vehicles uh, to make them faster. And when they modify the, the bumpers, they don't put a light on it or they don't buy the, um, the kit that uh, is, is required to go in the car when you put an aftermarket bumper to provide a light. So I called her back. I explained that. She said, that makes sense. Thank you for doing that. Now, I could have just said, that's your problem. Deal with it. He was violating the law. But I took that opportunity to educate that mom. And you know what was going to happen? They were going to pass that information on because there were several OU football players who had vehicles like that. They're going to mm-hmm. pass that information on to them. They're going to rectify the problem and get that taken care of and and reduce their chances of being stopped for that, at least that violation. But that's what I'm talking about. We, we got to take the time to educate people. 
and, and provide that information is procedural justice of what is a detention? What is not a detention? When can I leave? When can I not leave? What's 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 reasonable suspicion? What's probable cause? We have to do that. Every chance we get, we could be doing that every day, not on every call, because there are some calls that, that, that require exigent service and you just can't do that. However, yeah. the majority of the calls, we have an opportunity to educate. Yeah. Well, Keith, you made, yeah, you, you made uh, reference earlier, um, you know, with officers getting trained, you know, you go through an academy, you learn certain things in an academy. You and I both know this. Then when you get on the street, you go through your FTO training. What is the first thing that that FTO tell that FTO tells young officers when they get in that car? Forget what you learned in the academy. This is real life. Yeah. So everything that that the instructional part, the other uh, skills part, and they had told you everything you need to retain, everything we have taught you in the academy. And then when you go over here, you're going to hear them tell you, forget everything that you learned. So you got men and women who are kind of like, okay, I was told this, now you're saying this, but you're already going to tell me what I'm going to hear. So very confusing. And and I, this next video that I have, I think really kind of, falls in line with this uh, with this conversation we're just now having uh because the officers clearly don't know uh what they're doing and uh and it turns uh into uh a situation where uh is left this this uh, uh young man and, and his wife um having a bad experience with the LAPD Police body camera footage of Los Angeles police arresting a black man who is simply taking out the trash. TJ Holmes talked to Anton Austin and his girlfriend about the incident. And he joins us now with more. Good morning, TJ. Good morning, Stray. And add now to the lexicon of hashtags taking out the trash while black. We're about to show you video of an incident that took place nearly two years ago, but we're only seeing it now as part of a racial profiling lawsuit against the L.A. PD. Many parts of this you will find disturbing and chilling to hear police admit as they're arresting this man that we don't know who we're looking for. You're hearing the desperate screams of Anton Austin, a black man who was simply taking out his trash when two Los Angeles police officers approached to arrest him. This newly released body cam footage shows part of the disturbing incident from May of 2019. The LAPD was responding to a domestic violence call. But police spot Austin from their vehicle taking out his trash and listen as they decide to approach him. Because I told you to turn around. What are you doing, bro? I live here. Right, we got a call. We got a Okay, man. I don't know who I'm looking for yet. No, Come on, step with step. Turn around, man. What is your problem, dude? You hear the officer admit he doesn't have a suspect description, but continues to arrest Austin, who continues to question the police. Tensions rise. Austin yells for help. His girlfriend says she heard Austin's screams from the shower and rushed outside, trying to intervene, and ends up in the struggle and is disrobed in the process. Stop. For what? What are you taking him in for? 
Both were arrested. The couple is now suing the city of Los Angeles. What was your reaction once you went back and actually saw it all play out and you got to actually hear the officers in the car before they got out? In your mind, you want to say to yourself, oh, you know, the first thing I'll just happen because I'm black. And then you won't want to be that petty. You don't want to be that small. You don't want to really believe that people's thinking is really that, that, that on that low of a scale, right? And then when you watch the footage and you hear the guy in the car, you know, like, the girl in the 911 call told them to go to a restaurant that was three blocks away from my house. Austin's neighbor, who made that initial 911 call about her ex-boyfriend, did not give a description of him to the dispatcher. That neighbor can be seen in the video telling the officers Austin was not the man she called about, but they continue with the arrest. The attorney for Austin calls this a clear case of racial profiling. Police should not rule up and immediately think that this person is a criminal. And unfortunately, that's exactly what LAPD did. Neither Los Angeles police nor city attorneys are commenting to ABC News. Austin fought for the release of this footage and says he's relieved the public now gets to see what he went through. It's crazy that they can just convict you when they're supposed to be there to as mediator, there to serve, protect, find out what's going on. You know, um, that they in their minds are the judge and the jury and they're going to convict you on the spot based off what you look like. It's really it's really um, eye opening, you know, um, it changed the way I look at a lot of things. Now, the city of Los Angeles did fight the release of that video, saying it would have a chilling effect on investigations, police investigations down the road, and it was against policy anyway. Now, Tone and his girlfriend have since moved from that neighborhood. They are seeking $3 million in damages, but they also simply want an apology, which they have not got. And guys, one other thing. Their attorney says that the suspect the police were actually after was a white male. Boy, you can see why they didn't want that tape out. Yeah. And Amazing. that's why body cams are so important for so. a lot of reasons, but that is ve a very specific one. Exactly. Makes right. you shake your head. Yeah, thank you, TJ. Well, hey there. You know, Keith, and I tell you, to hear those officers basically just say, yeah, that guy right there. They don't, and you hear the officers say, we don't know who we're looking for. And I think he, that is why so many uh, people of color are really struggling to give officers the benefit of the doubt. They want to give officers the benefit of the doubt. But when you see things like that happen, how can you have, how can you, uh, I'm trying to find the right word. How, how is it that you can explain or try to, get a person to say, well, you got to look at it this way. That That's real hard, Keith. And, and I'm going to say this, Keith. What's wrong with just saying, hey, we apologize. We were wrong. Because we don't apologize. We, you know, we we all, they're also taught, don't make an apology because an apology says you're wrong. But when you're wrong, let me say this, man, there's so many things there that you could critique and say it could have done better. Number one, the dispatcher should have gotten more information. Now, would that would that call have been handled differently from the onset if the dispatchers would have said uh, your subject uh, is a, um, a white male? OK, then there's no reason. Did, to approach it. I think no, she did. No, she didn't. Did OK, you think about it. They said we don't know what we don't know who we're looking for. But then but then the lady who called the dispatcher told them it was that it was her boyfriend and he was a white male. Well, that was later. They didn't. That information didn't get out to those guys. And and the other thing is, let me say this, 
And they, they had a responsibility to say, hey, what's the description of this guy? Because you can't assume as a police officer because a white female calls that she's calling about a white male. She's been called, she could be calling about a Hispanic male that she's dating or married to. There, there's so many different uh, cultures married each other, so many different ethnicities marrying each other. You can't assume that a black woman's with a black man, a black a, a white woman's with a white man. That could have been anything. So I think they had some additional information, other questions. Hey, can you, hey, can you give us a description of that guy again? And if they say I don't have it, hey, can you call the complainant back to see if you can get some additional information? There are things we can do, Virgil. Um, and oh, a whole lot. Yeah. There's a there's a thing. There are things we can do. Um, and 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 the thing about this is, you know, can you just imagine all you're doing is putting out train and and. and all it takes is one incident in the nation, man, whether it's a police shooting, whether it's a police incident involving force or whatever. One incident in the nation sends shockwaves throughout the nation. One incident, it doesn't matter the size of the police department, it can have a shocking effect on the entire um, profession. Well, Keith, we the saw that the police Michael department Brown. is, that, that sends an even louder uh, um, shock. So, so, you know, I think there's a lot they could have done, but you're not going to get an apology. Uh, very, you're going to get very few apologies from, from officers because they have been told don't apologize because that means, uh, and, and I've apologized to people. Uh, just that apology sometimes sends a long way. And that's one of the things I've, I've seen officers get complaints. Uh, someone said the officer uh, used uh, vulgar language toward them. And at the end, the officer apologized. So when the citizen made the complaint, First thing they said, but he did apologize. That that goes a long way. That goes a long way in the decision on discipline. That goes a long way in how you look at that that person. That goes a long way with the citizens. Um, I think we just, man, you know, we we just got to do a better job of 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 understanding that we we we're not in a position anymore to just say just because I told you so. Yeah. Well, Keith, you know, I want to get, you know, uh, tonight's topic for those who are just now tuning in uh, to the podcast is uh, stop and identify unlawful or lawful detention. And, you know, we're having this conversation because, you know, we, we continue to see uh, people uh, being stopped. Uh, police <clears> officers <throat> are saying, hey, you need to show me your ID. People are saying, hey, I haven't committed a crime. I know my rights. Officers say, well you do have to show me your ID. And then when things escalate and now the first thing you hear is now you're under uh, uh, detention, you're, you're under arrest. And, and it goes from zero to 10 in a matter of seconds. And so Keith, we, uh, you know, hopefully people will take away from this podcast uh, some informative information, look into what your state laws are where, wherever you're at, because there are states that that say you don't have to stop. You don't have to identify yourself when you're stopped by the police. Well, you know, Virgil, also every state statutes online, every every uh, law that police have to follow uh, it's called states, you know, state statutes and traffic code. So everything that is from the you know any anything that's criminal that's minor criminal or anything that's minor traffic violation to a hazard is, are under those laws so you can easily pull those up and review 
yeah. all the laws, all the statutes. Yeah. Some people call it penal code. Some people call it statute. Some people yeah. call it state law. But at the end of the day, I think you can find it more consistently under statute, uh, yeah. criminal statute, Minnesota, I mean, uh, 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 Michigan or Texas uh, uh, criminal statutes or uh, penal uh, codes. Yeah. yeah, penal code, whatever, yeah. and find out what's what's going on. But I think yeah. that, you know, and that's why I push it, for citizens to go through the Citizens Police Academy. That's why I push for citizens to uh, yeah. mandate or request. Uh, meetings with their chiefs and that's why i push for you know more community meetings because people need to be people our citizens need to be uh, provided information to know what their rights are yeah well keith i want to uh get to pam's comment because i kind of laughed about it but i want to say this also i think you know keith one of the things that that i would like to see uh, done a lot more is where law enforcement agencies are uh, partnering with the NAACP, the ACLU, where these groups are having uh, community forums where uh, police officers or leaderships are present uh, to hear uh, citizens' concerns and also to give an open and honest conversation about what uh, people's rights are. You know, and I think that's what, you know, I think going back to the name of our podcast show, You and the Law. Uh, podcast is that it's about you and the law. Know the law, know how to uh, apply that law. Uh, and, and as you stated earlier, Keith, you you're not going to solve anything by arguing with that officer. But but Keith, you know Pam's comment is so if y'all are are told to forget what you learned in training because it's not valid on the streets, why are y'all trained? Why are y'all trained that that way? And now it's it's he's confused. I think a lot of people would say that, Keith. Yeah, they would. They yeah. would. You know, Virgil, and 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 what and that depends on that depends on the field training officer. Also, uh, I was a former field training officer, and the first thing I told people, you know, I would tell my guys is that let's learn how to apply what you learned in the academy. Mm-hmm. You know, show me what you learned in the academy, not forget. Uh, I think you, a lot of your older officers. You know, it is a sterile environment. You know, training is a sterile environment where you learn. You know, you don't have the uh, there's no way you can have a real life situation. But, you know, in the academy, but we try to get you as close to that real life situation as possible. But the main I used to ask people, show me what you learn. Uh, Let's put what you learned to work. Are there things that and I think what people need to realize that there is application in the academy that you'll never use. Period. Point blank. But there's a lot of application you will use. And so you have to teach people how to do that, but how to do it emotionally. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the thing we're looking for. How do you apply it emotionally? Well, um, it, it, you know, Keith, and I'll say this, and I think, you know, we, we, we've said this multiple times. We just do not do a good job of connecting our officers with our minority communities, especially with everything that has happened and this goes back to decades. This isn't just something that is new. And 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 I, Keith, I think something what's really concerning to me is that you have officers, you have administrators who kind of dismiss that. They don't feel that uh, they they feel that their officers are right no matter what. And then when something happens and it's the other way, then you have to say, well they follow all of our, you know, their training, their our policies. Um, 
and, and Keith, and I'll say this, man, you know, I think the one thing when you when you lose the trust of people who look like you, uh, that's not helpful. You know, and I think sometimes uh, being in this profession, you got to you got to make some hard uh, decisions. Uh, but I think you got to be you you got to be honest with people and you got to show that you are compassionate about how people uh, are feeling. And if it's wrong, Keith, man, you just got to you just got to have that honest conversation. man. Well, well Virgil, I know we're coming toward the end of the show, but let me just let me yeah. just say this. There are a lot of there are chiefs out there that don't feel comfortable. You said something earlier. There are chiefs out there that don't feel comfortable saying that. We have to connect, do a better connection with our minority communities. Uh, they feel as though that's saying that um, the department is racist or discriminatory, and that's not what it's saying. It's just a fact, man. The, uh, uh, the, the minority communities, people of color and different ethnicities, uh, a lot fear the police, uh, and you know whether it is uh, uh, just you know whether it's been. You know, there's a reason or not. They fear a lot, fear the police. So we yeah. have an obligation to make people feel comfortable. We do, yeah. uh, especially in calling us. We do it all the time. We talk about, you know, we want to do this so that uh, people will call us more. So we have to stop thinking that because we want to engage a certain ethnicity group, ethnic group, that we are automatically, that's an automatic admission that we're, uh, racist or discriminatory. That's not at all. That's just facts. That's just what we have to do in twenty in twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah, Keith, um, you're absolutely right, man. And I think you know when we learn that, I, I think we can move into a space where we can solve some of these these problems. But this this is uh, something that we got to continue to 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 talk about, uh, continue to educate our. Uh, communities about, and especially our young people, because I'm going to go back to the first video that we showed the 18 year old man. There is no reason an 18 year old young man like that or a young woman should feel that way about their uh, encounter with a police officer. They're just, that really disturbed me because you and I both have kids and we it, it's just a concern keith so yeah. so so man i tell you it, it's been another great podcast brother i mean uh you know anytime we get together and have these uh informative topics man uh hopefully uh people will uh, uh will continue to tune in yeah man and and i and i to, to all the law enforcement chiefs out there man make every day a recruiting day make yeah. every day a teaching use it as a teaching opportunity for internal stakeholders and external stakeholders so yeah appreciate it man well hey next you know for those who are uh just now tuning into our podcast show tonight's topic was uh you know uh uh states uh you know stop and identify you know we definitely want you to tune in next week to another informative topic on you and the law podcast show and check out our rebroadcast shows on spotify google podcast apple podcast Wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe to us. And also, Keith, people need to follow us on our Facebook page, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Absolutely. All right. Hey, brother, until next Thursday, swag man, it's, it's been a pleasure, brother. All right. You too, brother. Stay All warm, right. man. Oh, yeah. All right.